Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. I oftentimes tell people that uh, the school of love is one of the most difficult educations that you'll ever have to experience. For sure. It's a very complex and difficult class because it, it pulls on so many sides of us. On, the, on one end, you have these, these strong emotions and connections with someone, but then if they treat you badly, you also feel those emotions. But, but, and sometimes those emotions, you get angry and you push away. But then at the same time, there's another part of you that's attached, that's pulling you back towards. Right. So you get, you're, like, you're getting pulled in two different directions and you're trying to work through how you feel about it. And it can make it so hard for people to see what's in front of them. True. And so they become defensive. Yeah. You know, so, but that, that's very good. Let's move on. I know the other day we talked a little bit about uh, Jean Grey, man. You got mm-hmm. anything you want to add, else you want to add about her? music what you thought about it <clears throat> nah just in general uh gene gray is definitely uh, one of the more underrated more slept on women mm-hmm. in in hip-hop but at the same time it's like real hip-hop heads nowhere right. um and for those of y'all who don't quit being weird and go listen to some good music because she's really really dope um obviously she's not extremely mainstream because she doesn't make Sexy red music. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she doesn't do that. Um, but at the same time, neither do like uh, when we talked about. Actually, we got to go back a little bit too. Um, you know, when we talked about in the last episode, um, you know, our favorite uh, women in hip hop. Um, heads up, your top five uh, female MCs. We need that from you before the episode is over. Um, <laughs> so. Um, But yeah, when we talked about that, um, you know, she's one of the ones that comes up on that list. And almost none of the ones that that came up in our top fives are those, um, you know, mainstream chart toppers. But they're real lyricists, real MCs who make real dope music, who actually put, you know, work into the craft. And Jean Grey is definitely one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and, and I would like to say, I believe that she was one of the first rappers period to really speak to the issues of mental health right talked about counseling talked about uh taking pills talked about drug addiction so right. going uh going uh i think going crazy yeah. um it, it talks about that and 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 keep living it talks about that i i would say in both of those songs she speaks to the issues of street life and ptsd right okay. post-traumatic stress syndrome and and speaking of that, what? How would you describe? How how would you define 
post-traumatic stress. <laughs> PTSD? Oh, mm-hmm. boy. So many ways. Um, so I don't know if you want me to get super clinical, but how we get to PTSD is um, a situation starts. You know, mm-hmm. something happens that is traumatic for an individual. And when you first feel it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. This is stressing me out. And then it progresses to I'm having a hard time adjusting, getting back to my normal life. PTSD is when you cannot get back to how you were or how you thought or how you felt before that particular thing happened. So when people talk about relationship PTSD, it's not a clinical term, but it's something I'm hearing more Mm -hmm. about. People like relationship PTSD is because these experiences are ingrained in your brain. And even though you're not with that particular, you know, an ex and you go into a different relationship or even being with that same person, um, but because of something that they did, it's hard for you to get back to your normal level of functioning. Exactly. So when we think about trauma, we think about an individual who has nightmares, flashbacks, um, hypervigilance, and it's hard for them to ever return back to their previous level of functioning. Yeah, it's a, and that hypervigilance, is, it's like a cautiousness or fear or uh, being overprotective about your future experiences. And so it makes it hard for you to sleep, maybe hard for you to eat, hard for you to just to be at peace within yourself because Mm -hmm. of that traumatic experience. And maybe you'll be really mean to people or you'll be overly uh, nice um, or you you won't, it'll be hard for you to set healthy, constructive boundaries. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm, I'm just going to be alone forever. And, you know, or, you know, I'm just going to jump out there and try to talk to everybody because of what happened. Cause you, on some level, you live in a place of fear. And then I, I like to say, sometimes we create these things I call fear ships. Okay. <laughs> and you know, what? I don't want to label fear as being a bad thing. Cause it's a normal, natural human emotion, which yeah. all emotions are. Fear is healthy. Fear is healthy, but to what extent, so we get PTSD, our fear has become so powerful that it it um and so controlling that we can't find peace we can't Mm -hmm. find balance we can't live with hope yes you know speaking of of fear when I was in grad school was having this conversation and um we was talking about fear and I remember saying hey you know when I was growing up I had a little bit of fear of my parents and See, that, that's the healthy part, because that's going to keep you aligned where you need to be. You're going to respect your parents. Facts. That's that healthy fear, so you're not crossing that boundary, crossing right. that line. <laughs> but, but I had people in there say, oh, no, you, you, uh, you can't have any fear. You can't have any fear. I said, yeah, I had a little fear that what my parents might do if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, if I didn't get grades, I got in trouble and everything. And I think it, it motivated me in many ways to do the right thing. And let me say, I didn't get a lot of bop, bop, bops and whatever. And, mm-hmm. But there was always that little bit of fear. And, and I think when people have been traumatized, they hear the word fear. They, they ultimately think about it in this, like, real extremely bad way. But sometimes yeah. having a little fear when you go around dead man's curve might save your life. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. Yeah. Mark, are you thinking something? I don't, look, I don't want no problems when it comes to the, to the parentals. I, I mean, like, <clears throat> I think um, it's funny now because, um, you know, sometimes, <laughs> so sometimes it'll be like, we at home and, you know, mom might be like, everybody go clean up, do whatever. And, mm-hmm. and they might scatter and, mm-hmm. you know, 
faking it like they doing something. And then after a while, I hear yelling again, like, I told y'all to do this an hour ago, and it's still not getting done. And then I come upstairs, and it's just like, hey! And it happens. It's just like, and I'm the soft one. But, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's just that that fear of maybe just the unknown or just that dad base that just mm-hmm. like vibrate through the house and it'd be like, all right, let's quit messing around and get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. Mom yeah. just gonna keep talking and we know she gonna keep talking, but when dad come upstairs, we don't quite know what he might do. Definitely still talking. Not gonna <laughs> definitely still talking. But they don't even know that. Yeah, but they, but they don't even yeah, all they exactly. yeah, they just like, nope, not taking a chance. To take their phones, but, you, you feel know. me? Yeah, not taking no chances. And I definitely listen, I already knew my mother was gonna grab me by the chest and have my feet dangling off the ground. With me pinned against the refrigerator. I don't want no problems. Like, look, lady, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, whatever I did, <laughs> just put me down <laughs> and let me see tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. definitely had that fear too. Yeah, yeah. And 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 um and with uh and that's mm-hmm. good. And with uh, you know, thinking about PTSD and thinking about some of the artists and I was speaking of, you know, Jean Gray, she oftentimes spoke about the fears of living in the hood and and different, you know the community and all the things that went on. And many of us, man, that grew up in the hood and had those type of experiences, man, we might not just have PTSD because of a particular experience. We might have what we might call like more complex PTSD because we've dealt with things so many times over and over and over Mm -hmm. again that it's not just an experience, it's ingrained in our personalities. Hmm. And being aware of that and trying to work through that, because what happens is it becomes uh, what ego uh, sustonic for us, or it becomes functional for us to be in this space. And mm-hmm. it's hard for us to see that this doesn't work for me because it 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 agrees with our values and beliefs because we had to be in this space in order to survive. So when you when you tell me I'm not in the jungle no more and I ain't got to act that way, what do you mean? Like what? No, no yeah. I'm walking here any minute. I'm gonna be ready for him. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's like. Um, I mean, obviously, we know we you get it a lot when you got people that come home from the military and they done had them experiences. Mm-hmm. Same when you get guys that come home from prison that done had crazy experiences in there mm-hmm. and they come home and they do things certain ways, like you know. Um, all the way down to the tiniest things of like, yo, when I park, I gotta, I gotta back in so I can shoot straight out in case I need to, or coming yeah. in and like finding all the exits when you walk into a place so you know how to get out of there as quickly as possible. And it's like some people fortunate enough to not have that type of mentality to walk into a space and just be like, oh, this is nice and sit down. But like, <laughs> but there are definitely people who come in like, man, this is real nice. Exit. Who's that? Who over there? Yeah, okay, okay. What's behind that door over there? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Before they can get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just comes from them experiences. And it's like, you may get to a point in life where you don't have to worry about those kind of things no more, but that stay with you, though. That stay with you. And think about the person that grows up in a home where they had the, uh, abusive parents that was always beating on them or dogging them. And, and it, they, they had that, that was their first uh, relationship. And now they're adults and this is what they remember. And so they, they get in, so when they get in relationships and somebody is critical of them, it feels like they with that that parent, but they've done that for seventeen or eighteen or nineteen years, or maybe they ran away when they was younger and stuff like that, because you know, it was the the situation was so uh, difficult for them, but that creates an imprint on them. And so as a result, 
You know, even when people are being constructive and positive in their life, they can't see it because they're so used to things being off the chain. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I know I'm I'm probably uh it's probably a part of why I'm so passive about so many things because I'm just not with the fight and the argument and all that because I grew up in a household with that and I know that about myself. Like I like my parents, it used to get bad. So like I I knew growing up like I don't want that in my household. And so like that's a thing. So I get I definitely not so much no more. Partially because I just don't have these kind of issues. But at the same time, it's like I just knew to grow beyond that feeling that I used to get. But I used to get bad anxiety. It could be anybody when, you know, a, a couple get to arguing and get heated and get tense. They might just be the type to just talk it out a little ing- aggressively and, and mm-hmm. never get, you know, over a certain point. But I would feel it like, oh, no, something about to go it's bad. Like, shh. Yeah, <laughs> because right because of how many times I saw it, yeah. but you know that's one of the things that you just learn over time to just like work your way through. <laughs> you know, what right, I'm saying? right, yeah, but, exactly, ooh, exactly. Yeah, it, it could definitely be a thing. So you know, and I, I think there's essentially three ways we can communicate, and it's maybe more, but I'm, I'm gonna talk about three of them. We could be passive mm-hmm. and never really uh, talk about anything. We could then be assertive, and assertive is. Look, I'm going to communicate my feelings and emotions, but at the same time, I'm going to try to be respectful to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to own my feelings. I feel a certain way. I would like to see this happen, but I'm not blaming or attacking you. And then there's the aggressive. Right. And that's really just putting it out one there. Way. Huh? It's one way. It's one way. I don't way. care about your feelings because I'm just getting mine out. Yeah, exactly. Right. It doesn't matter about what you think and what you feel. And typically when people have been traumatized and they're trying to find, find themselves, they might be aggressive you know, it's just about my feelings. It's just about me. I don't care about what you what you feel or think because they're right. not they're not in a place and they they haven't learned how to do that yet. Be right. empathetic and, and and um and be open to other people's feelings. But the other one, which I think is the most dangerous one, which I, I should mention, is the passive aggressive, right? Communicator, because I'm telling you, oh, it's okay, it's fine. But in the I cut, turn around and. <laughs> Yep. I'm doing everything to make right, this a right, bad right. situation. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like to call them ninjas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the reason why yeah, I like to call them ninjas, oh, yeah, it's the cool, trees. it's cool. Yeah. But then it's like, man, like who took a dump in my shoe? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like what, <laughs> bro? Like what yeah. happened? You don't know. You don't know where they coming from. Like, give give me the box. The give me the aggressor. I, I I know where you coming from. For sure. I, I for can sure. deal with. I can plan for you. But the passive aggressive. Oh no, man. They the worst. You just never know when the payback coming. But it's it's coming and it's sneaky. Yeah. Like, as the song says, smiling faces tell lies. (laughs) For sure. I just went old school. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know, they ain't hip. They ain't hip. Huh? They ain't hip. They ain't hip. They don't know no better. That's the joint. That's the joint. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I like to say that humans change, technology change. But human nature remains the same. We can go back thousands, thousands of years. And some of the stories we can find some of the stories that would tell us some of the same things about ourselves if we really just listen to the stories. Yeah. Sucks. Um, but anyway, with that being said, let's kind of like maybe shift in a different direction. And obviously there is that uh, shoot they do, uh, salt and pepper era. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts? So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. Oh. Um, uh, let me bring it back. To, oh, that was the song you was just singing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When they came out, everyone wanted that salt and pepper haircut. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I want the haircut 
The, the, shirt the right short right here, long right here. The feather comb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You Mom know, Dukes it's like, ooh, that. they look they look cool. You know, when right. they came out, it was it, they were cool. Yeah. And they were real. They was real. So did you do you think that um we think about um uh, let's talk about sex and some of the other songs, that they created an environment where women could um be rappers and of course at the same time start to own their sexuality and what and what's happening in that space. Yeah, in a in a fun way. In a when fun I think way. of Salt and Pepper, I think of fun. I, I don't know why. You know, they just seem like their appearance, everything about them was just fun. And as a kid, you know, singing the songs, had no idea what the lyrics meant, what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. But it was it was catchy. It was like, yeah, they're cool. And it. To me, it didn't seem like they were in a lot of, like, competition. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about female rappers and needing to feel supported, mm -hmm. um, not wanting to come out. Because it was always, I mean, it was a competition with men. Mm -hmm. um, and just coming out into the industry and wanting to make sure that what you were talking about was relevant to what was going on, but you also had your own little flavor at the same time. And, you know, flavor, salt and pepper, I guess. I don't know where her name came from, but they yeah, definitely you know provided some flavor. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I think of salt and pepper, I think about mashed potatoes. That's just me, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't need no gravy. But anyway. <laughs> no, always gravy. Okay? Is it always gravy? Always gravy. Always gravy. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, man, I was living in the South, and we used to live around a lot of farms. And so, man, we would get, like, uh, these big bags of corn, and we also trying to get potatoes. So, I'm a, I'm a you know, of course, I'm a, I was a latchkey kid. So, right, <laughs> I, you know, cook a little bit, right? So, I would go get me some corn or get me some potatoes, smash them up, <laughs> boil them, smash them up, and throw some butter, throw some uh, salt, and throw a little pepper on it. That's it. And I would be good when mom would come home. About to cook dinner, I'm like, nah, my own good man. I just, Facts. I, I didn't tow it up. But another question about them: Do you think they also may have been, like you said, they were fun? Started like started this space where women was able to begin to express their sexuality. Absolutely, and it was coming from a way of you know, like the man in a three piece suit. Like I'm watching you, and just let you know that it's not because you want to sleep with me or you want me, but I want you too, and I can I can be picky and I can be choosy. You know, exactly, they, they exactly. described a, a woman's point of view of how a woman sees a man. Right, right. These are the things that I'm looking and what I want to do with you, too. Yeah, Not just exactly. you objecting me as a sexual being and me just being <sighs> passive and going with it. But I'm looking at you, too. Gotcha. Gotcha. And with that being said, think about it. You had you, you obviously you had like Foxy Brown. You know, it's funny. Every time I think of Foxy Brown, I always think of Onyx. man. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just energy, though. Yeah, energy, yeah. It's there. Yeah. yeah, it's aggressive. It's aggressive. Very aggressive. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, you had little Kim, and and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but little Kim, little Kim was backed by Biggie and Mafia. Was Mafia? What's the name? I don't want to say the wrong thing. What was the? Oh, Junior Mafia. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. like, she she was backed by them. She was supported. Did she come out on her own? I would say no, because she was on stage. A lot of the women in the '90s didn't. A lot them. of the women in the '90s were affiliated with like some of the hard yeah. rappers that was out. So you, um, you come out either you're in a three 
you know, it's three of us right, together. Right. But what woman actually, when did, who was the first woman that actually came out like on her own? Like there's nobody behind me. It's no group. It's just me. Here I am. <clears throat> That's tough because um, we talked about like Queen Latifah was with the Native Tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of the group that MC Light was with when she came out. Um, man, like Roxanne Shante had had cast with her like everybody like it, it, it was it was tough like i really i mean like all the way up to into like the 2000s like when i think of like charlie baltimore you think um okay. you know missy was with missy was with timberland yeah. and, and so it's like almost every impactful woman i can think of going all the way up to like the 2000s like came up in a in a circle of men um and got kind of introduced and put out there like Everybody I could think of, Charlie Baltimore, um, Shauna was with Ludacris and them, um, Rod Diggles with Buster Rhymes, like <laughs> almost yeah. every like major female act. Um, yeah, X was with Yeah, X no was with, limit. Yeah, it was with No Limit. Uh, what you call it? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Gangsta Boo and Le Chat was with 3-6 Mafia. Um yeah. so I guess the most important part is, you know, once again, you talk about women, you know, coming up with like needing a support system, not just stepping out in the spotlight on their own. But once you had that support and you had your group, what did you do beyond that? Right, so I think we were right, talking right. about Eve, mm-hmm. you know, she came out with the Rough Riders, <clears throat> then she came out with her own album, then she's an actress, you right, know, right. she came out and did her own things, but it's like having that stepping stone and how the women use that. Right. I think that that's most important. Right. Yeah, absolutely. About what you did with it. Yeah. You know, and with that being said, I think about it. I think most of us just in life in general, if we got somewhere, there was somebody who helped us get there. This whole idea, I'm going to come up my own bootstraps. That's a that's a lie. Most most people don't do that. Now, you um, even if you were you came from a wealthy family, you know, obviously your family wealth put you in that position. But and, and I think sometimes when we look at things racially or ethnically, that's one of the challenges is because we don't have those people. And because rap was a or has been for a long time dominated by men, of course, if women was going to get in, get in the rap game, it's probably yeah. going to be supported by men. So what those, those women did with those opportunities and empowering themselves and, and, and uh, I think uh, becoming the best version of themselves was up to them if they had that opportunity. Yeah, and we we were talking about, we we could spend three seconds talking about Sexy Red, just three. You know, we talk about, (laughs) like, you know, having that support and that Mm -hmm. backbone, and then you look at some of the female performers now, I don't don't know what to call them. They need a backbone. They need some support. They need a foundation, in my opinion, because now you're just coming out here just, if you would have had that, maybe you would have had some structure. Now you're just jumping out here and being up. I don't know. So that's just my three-second spiel on that. You know, I, I want to say, you know, I, I think on some level, like, um, obviously, um, we, we talked the other day, um, and, and, I, and I brought the song Cobra by Megan The Stallion. And I was like, if you see the video, if you're not really paying attention, mm-hmm. you'll miss the whole yeah. point because you're focusing on what the look is and not the um and not the story you can yeah. see that she's really struggling um oh, it, hold on hold that okay hold that right there because that's okay. a very very valid thought i'm still stuck on like the support cardi b is a really big supporter cardi b will 
get on a track with a new rapper. You know, mm-hmm. she has Glorilla. She has Megan mm-hmm. and Stallion. Like, mm-hmm. Cardi B is a supporter. She sees women and she's like, you know what? We're going to collab. We're going to make it work together. She's a supporter and she does provide a pretty good foundation. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion. But yes, Megan the Stallion and her mental health. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, she so so she's struggling, she's depressed and, and she's working through some things, but people might see her and not really focus on uh what her struggles is. And oftentimes when we see people we we might find interesting, attractive or whatever, we don't really necessarily pay attention to what's going on with them. We just see something that we're interested in or we like or we entertain by them in some way. We don't dig deeper into them to try to understand what's really going on. Like as um Marvin Gaye would say, what's going on? And so we, we, I, th- I think it's important that we do that. But also speaking of Megan, though, I, I think it's important to appreciate the fact that she started some stuff with um, mental health, mm-hmm. some mental, mental health resource center, you know, just to try to encourage people to address mental health concerns. And I, I, think, I think that's a good thing. But with that being said, let's, let's talk a little bit about depression, what depression looks like. Oh, okay. Well, depression is definitely... Um, Thinking about something sad has already happened. Mm-hmm. Being in a mode where it's hard for you to move past an experience, but not as traumatic as like PTSD, but depression is like, I'm sad because this happened and I can't mm-hmm. change it and I can't go back. Mm-hmm. So we think about depression, we think of loss, we think of sadness, we think of even somebody with low self-esteem, like I should be better than what I'm doing. Yeah, feeling worthless, hopeless. Yeah, You know, uh, not, loss, not, of loss of interest, eating problems, you know, weight gain, weight loss, mm-hmm. insomnia, um, hypersomnia, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Yeah. Suicidal thoughts, self-harm. Yeah, self-harm, all, all, all those things. And if you, obviously you feel that way, and we like to say like a two-week period, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you really need to be uh, seeking help in everything because, you know, um, suicide obviously uh, occurs more often than we would like. But, you know, suicide is one of those very preventable things. We can prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. And um, so every time it happens, it, it, it shouldn't it happen. You know, we didn't say this, but oftentimes people feel isolated, feel all by themselves. And, you know, and it's crazy, but it's, I think it's important to understand that people could be very famous because you see this happen a lot with famous people. But they still can feel isolated, yes, although they have a lot people. of people around them. Why do you think that is? Connection. You can have, I can be sitting here with you guys right now, but I can still feel lonely if I don't feel connected. Right. I don't feel understood. I don't feel hurt. Even though there's a body here, I still have to sit with my own emotions and my own loneliness and sadness because I don't think that you guys would be able to be supportive of how I'm feeling. Right. So, right. So, yeah. So... Isolation is really not about how many people, how many people that are around you. Isolation is actually about being around people, but feeling as if nobody gets you or understands you. Yes. That's what isolation really is. I could, I could stay in a room by myself all day long, but if I feel like people get me, then I'm probably okay. But when I feel like nobody gets me or understands me, that's typically when I'm going to have more of a problem. Yeah, For sure. Understanding that. So, um, any, anyway, y'all, y- y'all got any other thoughts, any other ideas y- you want to bring out here? <sighs> yeah. Ladies, we love y'all. 
<laughs> I swear we do. And, and I be jamming to the women in hip hop. Not not a lot of the ones today, but <laughs> a lot of the ones in general. Hey, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, there's a few that you like now, and. and yeah, like I said, um, <clears throat> in my in my top five, um, I had Rhapsody and Cyrock the MC, who are mm-hmm. both uh, um, I wouldn't say new, but mm-hmm. they are you know within this past you know five to ten years uh, really been getting active. I wouldn't even say ten. They ain't, excuse me, they ain't they ain't active like that. Uh, they are still newer on the scene, um, but yeah, those two alone carry so much um mm. there's um there's a, a a girl named versailles the everything uh from down in florida amazing bro amazing mm-hmm. she sings she raps she produce she just do her own every that's why she call herself the everything she does everything but fire and i'm talking about there are i can i can name you hundreds of men who couldn't even get close to what she does musically mm. so um, there are definitely a lot of women who are really dope. There's, I mean, I would be trash if I didn't mention like um, here in Cleveland. Uh, there's there's one named Affinity, phenomenal. She done been on like Sway in the morning, did freestyles and stuff, and rep the city and dope. So there are plenty of really really solid female MCs, female rappers, women in hip hop. I mean, look, and it's even a space for the ones that do the. You know, ratchet party club, whatever. Like, it's a space for that too, mm-hmm. because there are definitely, clearly, plenty of women. You know, what I'm saying yeah. who can relate Make to it right. and 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 want to have fun like that and live like that. That's cool. Like, there's a space for everything. I just ain't got to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes people listen to things because they want to be entertained, right? And and you know, when I think of mental health, you know, I, I try to be aware of the fact that my mental health. Is the actually the the combination of social beliefs and attitudes, um, pol- politics, government, um, my direct environment, my biology. So when we talk about mental health, it's hard for us to just talk about it on a, a biological level or my own thoughts because things I believe about myself is not just something internal, but I'm getting things from my environment that influences how I think and feel about me. And whether I'm conscious of it or not, it's happening. So the the things I listen to, the things I watch, the people I hang around, the things my parents said in in the house, um, the schools I went to, the way I was esteemed, all those things influence the person that I am and my mental health. Because how I see myself, it has to be a combination of all those things. Because maybe if I, I, I do some things that I do right now, and I live in, quote unquote, um, Great Britain, that behavior is perceived differently. Or I live in Australia, is perceived differently. But where I, what, what, the way I live, it, it, it creates a construct which I exist in, which then I have anxiety, depression, maybe even PTSD based on these type of experiences. Or maybe I become desensitized to certain type of violence because mm-hmm. of the, the environment that I, I, I live in. You know, maybe on many cases we, are, we, become, we become overly sexualized in, our, in the environment we live in. So when we hear things that talks about that, it, 
it, we don't think about it in the way that we maybe should think about it. And I want to be careful using the word should, but we have to be aware that our mental health, we are battling every day on so many levels to maintain our mental health. So we need to be cautious about what we listen to. Yeah, and for we, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's across the board though. Um, With in, anything. Yeah, anything, anything that we take, like, what do you take in? You know, what do you take in? What do you consume um, on a daily basis? You know, do you listen to, you know, like, you, it's, you are what you eat. It's going to reflect. You know, mm-hmm. if you sit and watch conspiracy theories all the time, you're going to start finding yourself being paranoid. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. if you watch, if you watch nothing but, but gory, bloody violence, it's it's possible that that will start to impact you and might not make you go on a killing spree, but it's definitely going to make you feel some way yeah. by comparison to if, you know, you know, I don't know, you watching comedies all the time, you know what I'm saying? You may be lighthearted, but it's like you're going to be impacted by what you're watching, what you're listening to, the conversations you have, the company you keep, all of those things have an effect on you. And it's like if you want to see yourself a certain way, you need to look at the things that you are absorbing. Right, and and... Because a lot of times we don't realize that we are inside a box. We think we are acting um, independently. Right. But now there's all these things influencing the way we think and the way we act. Right. And we're not conscious of it. People, advertisement is influencing what Mm -hmm. you buy, what you put on. Some of the stuff may not even be healthy for you, good for you, but you, yeah, you're going to put it on anyway. What yeah, you eat, yeah it, it happens. It happens. And we eat so much sugar. Why we eat so much sugar? Because it's been instilled in us for a long right. time. That's right. It's, yeah, and it's, it's crazy because it'd be in things that you don't even realize. Like, this ain't even sweet for real, but it's like, but it's mad sugar in it, though. It's, you know what I'm saying? Sugar. But it's like, you yeah, just don't realize addictive. it. Yeah, it's like, a yeah. drug. It's still a drug. Absolutely. Well, sugar is one molecule away from cocaine. And we give it to <laughs> exactly. our children. We give it's them cereal the in the morning. Nothing exactly. for sugar. Exactly. Yeah. I fell asleep and, and I was watching a streaming service and mm-hmm. they only had like a couple of commercials on this one program I was watching. And I think that they had uh, the Impossible Whopper commercial played. Mm-hmm. I think I might have slept for like an hour and I swear I heard that commercial like 16 times. And I got up and I had to go to Burger King and just try the Impossible Whopper. I'm just like, man, like it can't be that good. Like the commercial just kept playing, kept playing. I went, it was delicious. I ain't gonna lie. But I only went and got it because it was like in my head yeah, <laughs> so it, bad. It, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I just finally went to like get it out my head. It's like when you got a song stuck in your head and you got to play it to get it out your head. It was like that. And we don't be realizing because we don't have control over the subconscious. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Be internalizing things, and, you know the brain. You make this simple, but to the point, the brain is. I, I feel like it's it's broke down into three parts. There's an instinctive part of the brain that you know. There's things that we do naturally, like we we feel that we need to eat, or you know, we we feel automatically that we need to get sleep, and uh, we have certain drives and desires that happen instinctively. But on, but the emotional part of us, the emotional brain, that's where our creativity, but also in a lot of ways, our, um, you know, our sense of protectiveness, protecting ourselves is in that emotional space. And, and then you have the, the, the cognitive brain. When we're in danger, the emotional brain, it actually dictates. The intellectual brain is not really controlling things. Um, somewhere in the process of living, things are always influencing our emotions, and we're trying to use our intellectual brain to process things. But there's this intertwine of 
of, of those things happening at all times. When we listen to music, when we hear things, it's always influencing the emotional part of our brain because probably music, it comes largely from the emotional part of us and somewhat from our intellectual selves. But right. we tell in the story oftentimes of our pains and suffering, mm -hmm. what happened to us, what we didn't like. Uh, we're not always talking about the good things. For sure, for sure. It's like, it's the way we release a lot of our trauma. That's why sometimes I find it hard to like listen to, uh, we talked about this the other day, listen to um, certain types of music a lot because mm -hmm. when I'm hearing it, and it's probably due to the fact that I'm a therapist and I'm hearing people tell their stories. Because even on TV, I can't, I can't sit and just watch like right. serious shows. <laughs> like, like I, ooh, I, I got to turn it off after a little bit. Yeah. So it's like, okay, man, it's getting too deep for me. But oh, yeah. because it's, it's emotionally, it's, it's, it's grabbing it. It pulls you in. So one, on one end, it's, it's supposed to be entertaining. But at the same time, it's, it's causing like a cortisol, a stress response in yeah. your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But we get pulled into it. The same thing with TV. We get pulled into it. So, you know what? Really quickly, though, um, in ending this up, um, I, I think there's a lot of music that talks about love. I, obviously, we, we talked last time about Lauryn Hill. We talked about MC Light and mm -hmm. Poor George. And that, that reality, we, we talked about the fact that relationships – uh, are important and they are a healthy part of our lives and not just uh, sexual relationships but having healthy relationships and we need to try to foster those those um nice being a woman you have any more thoughts on that and uh, and being a therapist excuse me you got to you get to wear both hats not really not really mark you got any more thoughts <clears throat> love is necessary we need that. We need them records for sure. And we should definitely put more focus on that than the hate and whatever else because it's a whole, whole lot of that. Yeah, it's a lot of hate in the world right yeah, now. So much. Okay. Well, when you say love, okay, love and songs, definitely when some people have a hard time communicating, um, they communicate through song. So even, you know, friendships, relationships, mm -hmm. um, any, anything, if you're trying to express yourself, music can definitely help with that. You know, sending somebody a song, Damn. you know, or using it as a metaphor. I feel like, you know, Jay-Z when he said, or I feel like Glorilla when she said, um, mm -hmm. being able to find that connection. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times people struggle with communicating their feelings, yeah. but music oftentimes helps you uh, express Wait, you don't know how to say. You can't find the words to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely done it. Hey, listen, listen to this record right here, because this is how I feel when I think about you. I've done that for sure. Exactly, exactly. Like I said, we need it. We need that love. Yeah, we need that love. We need, we need that connectiveness. We need men and women to get along and and share space mm -hmm. and appreciate each other because we all came from the same source, right? A woman, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, listen, if you like this episode, please put your comments down in the comment section. Don't forget to like and also subscribe. We'll be coming back with some more discussions on hip-hop and, and mental health and other subjects related to the topic of adjustment and mental health. So, you guys have a good day, and as I will say again, 
back to the lesson at hand because perfection is perfection. And you need to understand in the next episode. Peace. We out.